0: This is Dollar Collapse, your ringside seat for the global economic crisis. To get the full story, go to dollarcollapse.com. Hi, everybody. It is Wednesday, November 30th. And it's not often that uh, the rest of the world worries about Italy. You know, it's a great place to visit. The people are fun, but it's not normally a place that generates much angst in the global financial system or anywhere else that's going to change. Uh, Next week, we will be talking about Italy one way or another. And the reason is that there's a referendum on Sunday in which the Italian voters get to decide whether the Italian central government is able to limit the powers of the Senate in favor of the executive. I know that's kind of wonky, but it's a big deal to them. They, um, at at least the, the prime minister, Matteo Renzi, believes that it's necessary to strengthen the central government in order to get things done. You know, Because the legislature, in his opinion, is a barrier to the reforms that are needed to make Italy a productive country going forward. Well, he's staked his basically political future on this referendum passing it looks like it's not going to pass. And he's promised to resign if it doesn't pass. So if it doesn't pass on Sunday, and if he resigns, everything's up in the air. Italy, like the rest of Europe, has some parties on the fringes that are anti-Euro, anti-austerity, anti-EU, and would possibly throw the European Union into chaos if they took over. On the left, there's a, a party called Five Star, which is headed by a former comedian turned politician named Bepi Grillo. And he, he's not a fan of the euro or of the EU. Let his guys take power and things will get crazy on the right. There's a party called the Northern League that is has been rising in the polls lately. And, of course, it's also opposed to austerity, the euro and the EU. Here's a quote from the guy running the Northern League party. Whoever wishes to govern with us needs to know that the euro must be destroyed. We have to take back control of our currency. So not surprisingly, Italian banks are tanking and Italian bond yields are rising on the prospect of these guys coming to power or of some other kind of turmoil when and if this proposal loses the vote. And this comes at a time when the Italian banks were already imploding. They've got Non-performing loan ratios of about 16%, which means that one in six borrowers aren't paying their interest. And for a normal bank, that would be fatal. And for an entire banking system, catastrophic for the country, but that's where Italy is right now. So even without this particular vote being kind of artificially tossed into the mix, Italy would still be a potential flashpoint for the next global financial crisis. But here we are with it coming to a head, possibly this Sunday, And unfortunately, Italy isn't the only problem in Europe. Soon after the Italian vote will come the French presidential vote. And right now we've got a runoff shaping up between um, a guy who is... Considered to be a Thatcherite, in other words, pretty far to the right for French po- French politics, versus Marine Le Pen, who is even further to the right of the Thatcherite candidate. So the French presidency, one way or another, is going to be held by somebody who doesn't buy into the you know massive central government controlling the economy and easy monetary policy yada yada conventional wisdom that has been dominating France and Europe in general for such a long time. So that also throws a monkey wrench into the the machinery of the European Union. And it's very possible that one or both of these events sets in motion a process that ends with the dissolution of the Eurozone. In other words, a lot of European countries going back to their original currencies, starting with Greece and Portugal and Italy and Spain, you know, the the countries that have the most trouble functioning under um, a relatively sound currency regime and then extending to the, uh, the core countries like France and Germany. Or in order to keep Italy, Spain, etc. In the common currency, it's possible that the European Central Bank, led by Germany, will see as its only way out an aggressive devaluation of the euro. Now, that's already happening. The, the euro versus the dollar has fallen almost to, to parity. In other words, one-to-one um, where the euro is worth a dollar. Well, the euro was worth about a buck thirty eight just a few years ago. So, that is a horrendous fall in the foreign exchange value of a major currency. And it doesn't seem to be ending. The dollar continues to strengthen as stuff happens here that we might or might not have time to talk about. And the euro falls relative to the dollar. If that continues, that might keep the common currency block together in Europe, but it'll come at a horrendous cost because that will disadvantage all of Europe's trading partners and then force the US and Japan and China to respond in kind by devaluing their own currencies. So we have political turmoil today, possibly leading to currency turmoil tomorrow and making 2017 an extremely eventful year. So pay attention to Italy as the flashpoint and then let's see where it leads. Now, as usual, let's finish up by talking about gold. The Commitment of Traders report, which is the snapshot of what the paper traders are doing in the futures market, has historically been a pretty good indicator of the, the near-term trend in the gold market. And for most of 2016, the speculators, who tend to be very wrong at the turns, have been building up this huge long position, which means gold needs to correct and flush out these speculators before it can go on to the next leg of its bull market. Um, the last few Commitment of Traders reports have shown dramatic cuts in the long positions of the speculators and increasing long positions and decreasing short positions on the part of the guys who are usually right, the commercials, quote unquote. These are the big banks and the fabricators and everybody who tend to sucker the speculators in and then fleece them at big turning points. Well, they're going more long, which is to say more positive gold, while the speculators are getting less long. And we need another couple of weeks of this kind of a trend to bring us to the point where historically new uplegs in um, bull market and gold prices have taken off. So we're getting close. Today on Wednesday, the 30th, gold is down again. It's well below $1,200 an ounce, which is a a pretty good drop from its peak in this cycle. That implies that since the last cutoff point for the Commitment of Traders report, the uh, speculators have been scaling back their long positions further because the price has been going down, which is a sign that they're selling. Let that go on just a little while longer and we'll have a nice entry point for gold along with a spectacular entry point for gold and silver mining stocks. Because the stuff that the new US administration is proposing to do, specifically big tax cuts, big increases in defense spending, and extremely big increases in infrastructure structure spending will require massive borrowing, And then massive money creation by the central bank in order to finance all the new debt that's coming out. You know, it's paradise for precious metals because it's inflationary and destabilizing. Probably won't work. Probably will lead to even more panicky experimental operations on the part of the central bank going forward. And uh, it's the kind of thing that sets the stage for a potentially really nice run in gold and silver. I'll go out on a limb now and say that within two years, gold is $3,000 an ounce and silver is 75 bucks an ounce. And that's just because we're setting up such beautiful conditions for a run in precious metals. So soon there will be an entry point that we're going to look back on as uh, as something that we wish we'd taken advantage of. Okay, that should do it. More next week. See ya. Thanks for listening to Dollar Collapse. For regular info and updates throughout the day, go to dollarcollapse.com.